All right, so once we come out of test track, we're going to make a left-hand turn and go right up to test track. We, I was going to say, we didn't come out of test track. We, we came, came out, out of mission, mission space. space. <laughs> <laughs> Flip that. Reverse All it. All right, so... Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode, episode 13, Lucky 13 of the Zero-G Adventures podcast. As always, I'm Tim. I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. And we welcome you back to the marshlands of Central Florida for what is continuing to be the Disney month. So after last week, we spent the day doing a virtual trip to the Magic Kingdom. So we're going to go on over to the TTC and hop on the Epcot on the monorail and head on over to Epcot or the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. tomorrow. Or every person comes out tired, or employee paychecks come out Tuesday. But I'm bummed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what would it be without a trip to Epcot if we didn't drink around the world? So this week, if you saw our YouTube video, we have actually drunk around the world, and we made our way pretty much all the way around the world. So let's talk about what we're drinking. So, Chris, you want to go first? I picked the Viking coffee from the Royal Banquet Hall in Norway. I'm a coffee guy. I'm really the only coffee guy out of this group. And anytime you add Irish cream and coffee liqueur to regular coffee... Then I like it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's great. You can't beat it. And it goes great with the rest of the things they sell in the bakery there, too. Yoo-hoo. Big window blowout. <laughs> exactly. So what do you guys think of that? I like it. Um, I'm not usually a coffee fan, but, you know, this is kind of like, I, I, I like an Irish coffee. So this is kind of a blend on that. Um, I like it. Here's my thing. If you're one of the weirdos that starts your day in the World Showcase, I know a lot of people tend to start... Well, it doesn't usually open until 11. Well, yeah, well, still, depending what time you roll out of your hotel room, that could be your morning. We're not judging. We're not judging. But it's a, it's a good pick-me-up kind of drink. If you need to go and you want a little, little bit of alcohol, but you need more of the caffeine, I'm a fan. Some like a little. I like a lot. <laughs> Microwaving with Marge, gremlins. Come on, people. <laughs> and we lost Brian at Norway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker. It's okay. It's not a favorite. It's not something that I would order ever again. It's a good different drink for this week. I I, I like it. If you like coffee, it's definitely a good drink. I think you might like it with one of the pastries from the bakery there because you need a little probably more sweetness to go with it. What's the bread they have there that's really good? Uh, It's actually further down in the conversation. It's my recommendation. They have like... um, Norwegian like baked pretzels, but they're sweet. There, yeah. There's a chocolate, there's a cinnamon, and an almond, and I think there's a raisin option. It's, a, it's all in all, it's a good place to stop for breakfast. Cool. 
So let's keep it moving. We're keep going around the world showcase here. Yes. And we stop at the American Adventure for Brian's pick, which is the Tennessee Lemonade, um, which is found at the Regal Eagle Smokehouse, the American Adventure. It is basically lemonade with a shot of Jack Daniels and a shot of peach nectar or peach juice. I like it. I think it's refreshing on a hot Florida humid day. Um, I think it's good. With barbecue, too. Like, you have to imagine it with, like, barbecue With food. barbecue, or I was thinking, like, this is a good, if you're having, like, a brunch kind of thing, like, instead of a mimosa, yes, this is a definite option. It's not too strong. It's not too sweet. It's refreshing. It's a good midday drink. It's okay. Yeah, I, yeah, you weren't a fan. Well, the, I, I you don't like the whiskey. Yeah, I'm not a whiskey guy. and Your wife would love it. Oh, my <laughs> wife is such a little whiskey girl. <laughs> yes, my wife would love it. I I would like it a lot better if it had vodka in it. Or even white rum. Like, not spiced rum, but just regular, like, Bacardi. Yeah. I think it would be good, and it would be very refreshing. Um, but the way that it's made with the Jack, I'm not a huge well, fan, but it is drinkable. Thus, the Tennessee lemonade yes but we we Truth. have we have plenty to experiment with we might mix up some if we survive recording this podcast we might be making more drinks just to test not and tonight so they don't need to know when we do it <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're going to keep going around the world showcase and we're going to end up at the last country on the right which is canada so which is my pick which is the toronto politan um, it has a little bit of Chambord in it, some vodka, some cranberry juice, some orange juice, and it is served in a martini glass. I think it's delectable just because I'm a huge fan of Chambord. I really like it. Uh, it it's not something that you would walk around the park with no, at no. all. It's something that you're going to sit down and have a drink yeah. at the end of the day yeah. with and, and it, relax. And it fits in La Celia perfectly. Yes. It's it to me. It's an end of the evening sipper kind of drink. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not it's, something you're going to kick back. No. You're going to enjoy it. You're not going to hover over a garbage can and drink this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes that, sometimes that's your only option. <laughs> well, but I think it's good. So you can view the videos of us making all of our drinks from around the world um, on our YouTube channel, as mm -hmm. well as on our website, zerogadventures.com, and. With that, I think let's let's talk briefly about some park news this week. I think the big thing this week is um, parks opening. Lots of parks have been opening, like Dollywood opened this weekend, and um, you know it's that exciting time of year where the seasonal parks reopen. And this year they're reopening earlier than ever. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, people weren't sure what 2021 was going to bring with crowds. Mm -hmm. And I think all these parks are seeing capacity issues where they're completely full. So I think it's it's going to be a big year for the theme parks. I, I'd agree. Oh, yeah. And um, one of the things you can actually look at on our website, because we talk about opening dates and schedules, is that a lot of the parks seem to have almost sort of scattershot or reduced schedules basically because they're still trying to judge how people are really going to react whether there's going to be crowds so we get early openings but 
definitely look at the schedules before you start planning because yeah, they are not, not they're normal. not the usual schedule some parks are closed two days a week in the middle of the week and hours are all over the map um it kind of feels like all of them though once mid-july hits all hell's break, it, break hours are extended everything so I think it's going to be a year of change. Like it's going to, you're going to have to keep up to date on these schedules because they're going to change. And Mm -hmm. I I will say this, a plug for our website. Brian has done an amazing job of keeping track of opening dates and schedules and he's compiled them all. You can find it all on zerogadventures.com. Yep. The park planning guide, it talks about um, opening dates, new attractions, and um, what's the third thing? Um, deciding whether you want a single oh, yes. day or ticketing, ticketing, ticketing. 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 Yeah, yeah, the most important thing yeah. about going to a park. What kind of ticket to get? Yes. So yeah, definitely. If you're going to go to a park this week, or not this week, if you're going to go, well, if you're going to go this week, you might as well check the dates see if they're open. But a lot are open right now. Weekend. Um, but the, the moose outside should have told you. Yeah. But definitely, if you're going to head to a park, check check their website, Google them, make sure you. See if they're open or not open, time. or yeah, the times and that if they're you need open. Reservations. True, true, because we still are on reservations with some yeah. parks. I know Disney just said that March is spring full. break is just done. The entire like month, you're done. Much, yeah, you're not going to Disney. So, all right. So moving on to our park of the week. Well, before we get there, if you want to check out more park news, because we really only talked. Oh, I, for, I yes. completely forgot. My fault. Yeah, tell them. Go ahead, plug them. Mm, plug okay. It. We uh, have a YouTube exclusive where we do the park news update, where it's the basically highlights from the park news with the zero G twist. So if you want to check that out on our YouTube. And this week was especially interesting. Yes. <laughs> we'll see how much makes mm-hmm. it onto air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So with that, Let's move on to our park of the week and our virtual trip to Epcot. Walt Disney's Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow opened in 1982. Yeah, Epcot was very different um, from the original concept. The theme park version was designed to be a permanent world's fair. Um, The park theme, though, is a celebration of human achievement, innovation, and international culture. Now, it had some identity issues as it grew up, but the main theme has remained the same. Um, currently, Epcot is completely made up of... Blah. Epcot is currently made up of two different areas, Future World and World Showcase. Now, as some of you probably know, the park is currently in a state of transition where it will become four neighborhoods, World Celebration, World Nature, World Discovery, and world showcase. They feel the need to put the word world in every single neighborhood. Synergy. So we're going to take a look at the park, how it was in early 2020 before the pandemic changed operations. Um, that's something important. And it was actually very difficult um, to go through here because the way the park's operating now, it's very different from what it was like before. And we don't know exactly what it's going to be like after so our look is at the park right before it closed a year ago almost to the day so there are currently 19 rides and attractions the park usually features 12 live shows there are 18 sit-down restaurants 34 quick service locations 
and three bars slash lounges. So we're going to take you through this unique park focused on discovery and talk about what Epcot has to offer, as well as share our tips and thoughts. But again, just to reiterate, um, this is a virtual trip. Obviously, we're not really going there. Um, but, it, but it is. But it is you're right. <laughs> but it is going to be pre-COVID or post post-COVID. So certain things that we talk about might not be available whenever you go. So we're going to start where pretty much everyone starts. Well, at least the people that come in the main gate. <laughs> True. And that's the large 180-foot-tall geodesic sphere known as Spaceship Earth. So what do you guys think? Oh, absolutely, yes. Oh, for those of you who don't know, Spaceship Earth is a 15-minute dark ride inside the Spaceship Earth icon. It explores the history of interventions from Stone Age to the Digital Age. <laughs> we lost Brian at brunch. Yeah, <laughs> he's gone. Oh yeah, it is a little loud. <laughs> We've got a little, you know. That's what happens in space. It was grand and miraculous. It is grand and miraculous. <laughs> so, Tim, you're a definite yes. Oh, absolutely. You can't. You you can't pass by a ride that's sponsored by Siemens. Um, well, was, was was was. <laughs> It no. is no longer. No, I'm dead. Absolutely, yes. It's, it it's a must-do. Which surprises me for you, because normally a 15-minute, like, educational kind of... It, but it's not overtly educational. No. It is very educational, but it is not like a theater style. It's not like Hall of Presidents. No. Um, it's not like the American Adventure show um but the you know the the omni mover and then going up into the ball and then coming back down out of the ball and coming there, backwards out of the ball there's it enough just, engagement from the experience that you're just yeah. not seeing and the smells and i th i just think the first scene whenever you get like mm -hmm. you first level off and it's the woolly mammoth yeah. and, and like it's just like so like wow well, we're really inside this ball and this is yeah. huge it's it is what Epcot used to be in a nutshell. Well, it is a way of telling a story, but keeping you entertained yes. that you're learning something, but not realizing you're learning something because of the way that it's done. Exactly. It's the core idea of what future world was supposed to be. It was supposed to be edutainment, teaching you about what we've done and what we can do. And what amazes me about spaceship earth is that it's had four narrators, four different scores, but even through its history, because it was an opening day attraction in 1982, it still keeps to that core idea of telling sort of the story of humanity in a different way each time, but it keeps to that. And it's always engaging. Yeah. Just like Tim said, I mean, he's typically not that kind of right. He is the right guy, not typically that kind of right. But it is that engaging. You know, from update to update, they do a very good job with it. Now, I might miss some older narrators or some newer uh, scores, Jeremy but Orange. I will. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I will write it every time. I will write it numerous times. If they would let me just sit in the car and not make me get off. Chris would like an unlimited <laughs> fast I would, pass. I would do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, that we're going to talk about it at the end, but that is my favorite ride in Epcot. 
Absolutely. And I, I will be, that's the first ride I ride in when I get in there. And it's the last ride I ride mm -hmm. before I leave. I am the same way. And there might be one or two in, in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. And cause when it's working, you, it, you don't wait long for it. Well, fast well, pass changed that a well, little bit. But still, yeah, because, yeah. of, because of the Omnimover, it's still worth the wait. All right. So I think the Zero-G Adventures team has stamped that as a yes, must-do attraction. Yes. So moving on, and whenever you go into Future World, it is split between left and right. So we're going to head left this time, and we're going to head on over to Mission Space. Uh, Mission Space is experiencing NASA training with a five-minute, less intense to more intense simulated launch around the world. Yeah, depending which mission you do. If you do the green mission, which is the no-spinning version, that takes you on a trip around the world now. It's kind of like a Soarin' kind of feel Motion to it. Motion Simulator. Motion kinda. Simulator. Um, and then they have the orange mission, which is the original ride with the and when we say spinning it's it's not like it's a the centrifuge it's a centrifuge it, it gives you the negative g's the positive g's in a very tight enclosed space yes. so let's preface that yes you are very tight you are very enclosed people with claustrophobia tend to not do well on this ride i'll put it this way the times that i wrote it there were actual vomit bags available so if you're prone to motion and sickness, they're still there yeah I would not recommend this either. It's not that intense that people always need to use them, but it is Don't there. eat right before riding it. Yes. And don't close your eyes, and don't look side to side. And other than that, you'll be fine. So sit back and enjoy your ride. On While you're catatonic. Space. like <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's not that bad. It's not that scary. But... No. Um, it, it is very forceful, yes. and it is a centrifuge, and it is putting you through a lot of g forces. It's so. not. It's not your typical motion simulator. I, I no. mean, If you are prone to motion sickness in the slightest, skip it. Yeah. Then Bye. again, for at least the um, the green card, I really see no point in doing it at all. To be brutally honest, because the whole point of the ride is to get the feeling of being shot into space. So True. I'm a no on that one. I mean, the but, green one. I rode the green. It wasn't bad. Like the new one, the new green. The new green is not bad it's because a the green. Story. Let's yeah, the green and the orange mission. They are two different mm -hmm. stories. They're not the same. Right. The orange one literally takes you a slingshot around the moon and you go to Mars, where the green one is just around the surface of the Earth. I haven't done that. I, I don't think I've ever done the green mission. We no, did, ever. We I did never it the have. last time we went just to see, and I was go actually... Go big or go home. Yeah, because <laughs> I think every time we went, we would look at it like, if we're going to wait for this, why would we do... Here's the thing. When Joe and I were there last, it had a five... It was like a walk-on for the green mission. So I said, you Which, know what? We're going to do it just well, to you, see what it's like. If you've never like. done it Try. before. But I was surprised. Like, even though it didn't have the full force, you still felt like you were being Is launched. Is it like Star Tours? Like... Yes. Is, well, Jostly. It's smooth. No, it's smooth. Very, like I said, it's as smooth as Soren. So it's almost but, like a robot arm. But I know. Yes. And I mean, you still go on your back for the launch like you do on the Orange <laughs> Mission. And it still felt like it says there was no spinning, but it still kind of, it still felt like there was a slight. It might be slow. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's quite a Kukla arm. I think Universal would like. Yeah. No. 
But I, I think that everyone should, I know you guys are both <laughs> skip um, for it. I think you should do it at least once. Oh, no. I, Maybe try it. And if mm -hmm. you're like, well, I got this. Let me try the more intense version. Exactly. I think if you're hesitant about it, do the uh, green first, then the orange. But honestly, for both experiences, I wouldn't go out of my way to ride them again. If you've ridden them, you've ridden it. It's not. And and that's the thing. That's not my go-to. I don't run to it yeah, no. when the park opens. No. Um I still think it's something everyone should experience at once. Well, just once. To, it's a unique attraction. And may, maybe I'm just bitter because it replaced a much better ride, but we'll get there. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Right after we ride Mission Space, we're going to come out and look to our left and go right up into Test Track. So Test Track is a create-your-own virtual concept vehicle, and then you put it to a five-minute test on the Sim Track. Circuit featuring high speed featuring a high speed loop, reaching speeds of sixty four point nine miles per hour, give or take. The fastest ride in Disney. Yeah, still, I think it's still the fastest mm -hmm. Disney ride in the world. Yeah. So basically, you go in, you create a car, then you board, you tap your magic band or your My Experience app, and. You know, you, you get your car that you preloaded in the pre-show and then you get in and you go through like rough road trains and braking systems and stuff like that. And then you finally get out to the speed test and that's where you get to go out on the course. The high speed loop. <clears throat> yep. With all the little prototype cars yep. on the in infield. So what do you guys think? I actually enjoy it. I wasn't a fan of the first incarnation. I actually kind of like the the second one more because it feel the geek in me likes it because it feels more like you're in a living CAD simulation yeah. more than the first one. It's more modern. The first one felt more like a national highway safety board test. The the, the update makes it feel mm. more virtual, like you're actually in the simulation. And the the ride itself isn't bad. It's enjoyable. It's not the greatest thing. I appreciate the technology behind it. Without Test Track, you wouldn't get Radiator Springs. Right. The full size, essentially, in a lot of ways, it's like a life size slot track, if you remember slot cars as a kid, minus yeah. the carbon mm -hmm. scent yep. of them sparking down. <laughs> Although they yeah. should add that smell to it. I think it would add to the experience. <laughs> Just on that outer yeah. loop, the speed. Just test. in the launch mm -hmm. section, like before yeah. you go through the doors, that so just smells like. So I, cool. I am definitely pro Test Track. I like Test Track. I mean, it is it is my favorite ride at Epcot. Um, I wish that they would have blended the first concept and the second concept together more. I wish they would have kept the first general thing, but modernized it yeah. to give the feel that it has now. Because the first version, and I'm an, not, it just kind of felt cheap. Plywood. Like you could see the ceiling. You could see like it, it just. And the second version kind of streamlined it and made it modern. And they definitely improved the music in the line. Oh, oh. <laughs> that fifteen-second loop from hell. Yes. You mean this one? That'd be the one. For a brief second, um, back on my Nokia, I had that as my ringtone. Now we're back to I... the new one. I like the original better than the new one. 
I like the original. I like the plywood. I like the being able to see the ceiling because it made you feel like you were in a warehouse in an actual test track. Yeah. Now with the new one, it is more AutoCAD, more like quote unquote Tron like. Yeah, yeah, you're in the simulation. I I could see why. In that, and you know, so the original like test track was meant to be like in a warehouse, and it and it is fake stuff. But you're going through the simulation. It's almost like you are the car, you know, whereas the new one, it is you are the car, but it's almost like you're in the car testing it. So so in other words, the original one was more like crash test dummies and the update is more like Tron. Yes, exactly. Um, Either one I like. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I kind of like the the pre-show and the queue on the new one better. Than the original? Yeah. Because um, oh, the original right. was just you just go through it and then you get in and you're like, okay, well, here we go. This one, you're actually like kind of like part of mm-hmm. what's pulling up to you. So, um, but it's a definite yes for me. Um, not one of my favorites, but it is definitely up yeah, there. Yeah, I wouldn't wait overly long for it. I wouldn't go out of my way That's for fast, it. That's fast, fast traction yeah, if, you can, mm-hmm. if you can grab it. And again, I'm going to be one of those old school people. It did replace another ride I wish still existed. But as technology goes, it's a worthy replacement. Yeah. But I'm sad anytime a fully born animatronic attraction gets leveled like World of Motion did. But I'd still ride Test Track any day. Now, one thing I will say, if you were not able to get a Fast Pass, this is a great attraction to use the single rider line on. Um if you are willing to ride in a separate car, you might even be in the same car, but in separate rows because they're rows of three people. And there's two rows per car. Yes. So I have done the single rider line many times mm-hmm. and we've ended up in the same car. I can't tell you how many times. So there's always that option. Yep. You get two groups of two. You're good to go. Um, so with that, on the left-hand side of Future World, that is all of the rideable attractions at this point. Hmm. Um, so now we're going to head over to the other side of Future World. And first, we're going to head to the seats. With um, Nemo and Friends. Absolutely. So the, the Seas with Nemo and Friends is located in the, living, the old Living Seas Pavilion. Um, it's a five-minute dark ride where you board a clamshell. And travel with Dory and Marlin to find Nemo, who is lost yet again. It's a theme. I love it. I who think, needs a leash? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people got mad when this happened because it was putting Disney IP where it shouldn't have gone. But I will say... It was appropriate. It was well done. This is one of the few times I agree with Mm -hmm. IP usage because the pavilion at the time was starting to look dated. And it still serves the same purpose, whether Nemo's there or not. It's still, it is still the Ocean Seas Pavilion. There's a couple, like, aside from the ride. There's a couple different Nemo nuances in there, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I mean, they're big tubes of acrylic aquariums and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, there's a big bruise shark and, and things like that, but it's not overly Nemo. It's real fish as well. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, when you go through the aquarium and you go through the ride, there comes to a point where you actually go through the aquarium and they project, 
you know, the Nemo, the Nemo characters, characters onto yeah. the acrylic. I mean, but it's real fish and real it. stuff behind At it. At the time that it opened, I believe it was the largest mm-hmm. saltwater aquarium yeah. in the world. It's mm-hmm. no, I think it might be the second or third. Yeah. But it's top five, I think. Yeah. But they actually use the actual aquarium as part of the ride. Right. So they're, they're really not taking anything away from the pavilion by adding the IP. So I'm all about it. And then you can go up to the upper deck and you can go out to the aquarium and see it without the Nemo projections on it and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So it is in its former glory. I, I am a fish person. I am a saltwater fish person. My son loves it. Yes, absolutely. I will ride mm-hmm. it all day, every day. And even when it has a long line, it moves quickly. It's an omni mover. And the line is well done. Because you start oh, on the yeah. shore and then you go underwater and you can see the butt. I mean the boat above you and he touched the butt. <laughs> like it I was I was very, very pleased um with how they redid this attraction. And, and, and the other great thing about the pavilion as a whole, it's a great escape from the Florida heat. You're not or the really, rain. Yes, and you're not really rushed through it. It's one of those self guided pavilions. Mm-hmm. Which I'm all about. And Once even, you're out of the ride, yeah. Yes, and, but but even so, you can go yeah. through the the exit, exit to go in. There. Yeah. yeah. And even though I do miss the hydrolators, I will still ride Nemo and Friends any mm-hmm. day. I love it. So also within the Living Seas, the old I'm sorry, the old Living Seas Pavilion is an attraction called Turtle Talk with Crush. Thank you, Turtle Talk <laughs> with Crush. If you had a moment. <laughs> so Turtle Talk with Crush is an intimate. No, it's not an intimate. <laughs> that would be a much better. <laughs> it's a new coaster. Woo! Woo! It's a launch. Suck that Velocicoaster. <laughs> no. You got so all turtles. <laughs> but their turtles have mud. <laughs> So also within the living, the old living seas pavilion um, is an attraction called turtle talk with crush. It's a interactive 10 minute show where kids talk to crush the sea turtle. And he talks back asking questions about humans. Dory and a few other characters may stop in as well, but it is a completely interactive and immersive experience and different every time. Yes. Every single time is different. Um, I really like this technology. I don't care what IP it is. Yeah, I agree. It's very well done. Honestly, it's really what um, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor should really be. Yeah. I mean, this came first. And it's still the better of the two. Did it? Is. And I, and this, I, came, this came first. Yes, Turtle before, Talk was the, that was the start of the Because technology. I know we talked last week, and I'm like, ah, oh, there's much better ones. I... I I like this one a lot better. And this one was so popular, they had to move it. It was originally when it first opened in a smaller area, a smaller theater, it would get 90-minute waits. But It was the whole pavilion. Like, the whole inside of the pavilion was the mm -hmm. queue for it. But I think what makes it such a good experience is because it's not a 2,000-person auditorium. It's still an intimate setting. Mm -hmm. And I think... I mean, you're talking, like, maybe 100 people. Yeah, like, max, max capacity. And and I think that's what makes it work. And I think that's what sells the illusion. And I love seeing the the adults' faces because they're trying to... How are they doing this? Because the the literally truck... Or truck... Crush is literally going, hey, dude, in the blue, blue cap, you know, on your melon. Like, he literally is calling people out, and they're talking. Mm-hmm. And the kids, I mean, 
if it's that impressive to adults, can you imagine what the kids, you oh, know, yeah. are thinking? And then the little CG microphone that comes yes. down that he talks to her. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, awesome. Um, but after you get out of Crush, you can explore the sea base. And this is one of the largest aquariums in the country, featuring thousands of sharks, fish, sea turtles, manatees, dolphins, more. Um I think if you like fish and you like aquariums like I do, um, this is this is a must do. Um, it, it's nothing over the top, but it's just always nice to see different. You're right. It's not setups. over the top, but it's well done. It, the, the layout, the theming and the information and just the experience. It's yeah, a, you could you could spend a good hour in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have. <laughs> As have I. I mean, my thing is, I mark it a skip unless you have more than one day at the park or if you have kids that love fish. Because Val valid point. If you were trying to do all of Epcot in one day, which it's not advised, and, and if you want to see all There's of Epcot... There's almost no way you can't do it. No. But if you want to do, like, the best of the park in one day, this is something, maybe walk quickly through. You know, like... That's why I list it as a skip. Okay. But I would list it also if you're looking for a place to kind of chill out because a lot of people do sort of run through it or even they do the ride and then they jet. You know, mm -hmm. they, it's a great place to sort of relax. It's, it's sort of out, out of the regular park hustle and bustle. True. And it's home to one of my favorite sit-down restaurants. But anyway, so we're going to move out of the old living with the seas pavilion and go up a little bit and go into the land pavilion, which is home to quite a few different attractions and restaurants and quick service meals. Um, so the first uh, attraction that we're going to come across is soaring around the world. So this is a fly high in the sky and soar through the air on a four minute, 45 second simulated hang gliding flight around the world. Well, that's a sentence. Well, you wrote it. <laughs> For me, it's a hard skip. I don't think it's worth the time. I don't think it's worth a fast pass. Yet it Either is or. one of the most popular attractions in the entire Which, park. Which, and I don't understand why. It's okay, but it's literally I, a screen showing you different pictures that are chopped together. It, like it, one of our Drink of the Week videos. It is a flying theater. If you've done a flying theater before, you can skip this one. If you've never done it, do it at least once. It's one of the best flying theaters because it's one of the originals, and it, Disney does well with these things. But if you've done it once before or you've done it elsewhere, I'm pretty much on Tim with this one. You could probably skip it, no problem. Mm -hmm. But if you've never done one and you've never done this one, and the line ain't that long, then okay. Otherwise... There are better things to do and better things to drink in the park. It's not. It's not bad. It's just. Yeah, no, it, I'm not it's, saying it's bad. I, I, if you've done it, it's rewritability. It's a hanging theater. The new uh, version is better. The soaring around the world has more smells. For those that can't see, Timothy is shaking <laughs> his head in disagreement. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it. I like the smells in the new version. If you can't get enough of canned Orange Grove, then yes, ride Soarin'. There Soren. actually is not Orange Grove in the new version. 
no. that I retract that and it's mm -hmm. not worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> it has different smells. Um, I like it. I think it is a great ride if the wait is not that long. They added a third theater to help with capacity, so the line does move a lot faster than it used to. I mean, it was not uncommon for, like, the busy period between Christmas and New Year's for it to have six to seven-hour waits. They added that third theater, which helps a lot. Um, I recommend it. it. If you've never done it, definitely do it. But that's me. I just I, – I think it would be cool if it wasn't so overhyped. It Everybody is, yeah. thinks that it is like the greatest thing since sliced Wonder Bread. And when I wrote it, and I wrote both versions, I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's it's enjoyable, but eh. um, all right. So moving along, um, on the same level of Soren in the land pavilion is living with the land. <laughs> Living with, oh. the <laughs> Living with the Land is a 14-minute boat ride through a tropical rainforest, a desert, and an American prairie. You can discover the relationship between humans and the environment and travel through the living laboratory greenhouses. It sounds boring, but it is not. Oh, it is the best ride ever. It is a great ride. Um... The lines can get long for it, though. And, Surprisingly. And it is, I will say, though, it is the most boring queue line in all of Epcot. Because it literally it is, is just switchbacks the whole way. Like in a Burger King lobby. Yeah. I was going to say, like, <laughs> 80s mall kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is the downside. But it is a great 14-minute ride. It, 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 it's going to be up there as one of my favorite rides in the park. I don't know why. There's just something about it because it's it's your happy place at Epcot. Isn't it, it? I think it is. I think that's my ride, like the Haunted Mansion and Magic Kingdom. I think this is my happy place because you go through that like first scene that's like one the thing, storm, then... but then it changes, and then you go through the different landscapes, and then you come around the corner with a dog that never stops freaking barking mm. and then you go into the laboratory or you know into the laboratory yeah. and then then you go into the greenhouses and it's just it's a relaxing ride i think i think that's what it is right. and it's calming and the soundtrack that you hear in the background it's a very calming soundtrack. Mm -hmm. oh yes yeah. it's very zen it is right. it's one of my favorites as well it's one of the last if not the only original edutainment ride at epcot it is outside of spaceship earth well See, Spaceship, I think this is more edutainment yeah. than Spaceship Earth is. And Spaceship Earth has had a lot more redos and edits than than this has, to be honest. Um, it's an, it's still an interesting, great ride. You still get to learn something. It's a great boat ride. You get to relax. You know, there, there's something to be said for a nice boat ride where you can just chill. And I think where Tim gets the kind of zen vibe from it. It's still quintessential Epcot, but it's also relaxing. I miss when they had the live tour guide on your boat, but it enables them to have more boats on more often, so the line moves quicker, so I understand why they got rid of them. And they have two boats that are chained together, yeah, too. Always been, yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a high-capacity ride. Mm -hmm. So and mickey shaped watermelons and pumpkins how can you beat that oh, yeah and they put like molds on stuff and yeah. grow like mickey shaped 
watermelons. And, well, and in the last two years, they started for the Christmas season, adding lights and stuff mm-hmm. to it as well. Absolutely. And at some of the higher end restaurants, you can actually eat some of the food they're growing there. So the last thing they have attraction wise in the land pavilion is awesome planet, which is a 10 minute film about the earth's biomes. The experience showcases the beauty, diversity and dramatic story of the earth and also shows the perils of climate change. Um, I would have to say I have never experienced it firsthand. I've watched numerous videos of it, even though they request that you not take video, but you know, YouTube, someone always does. YouTube is YouTube. You can find anything. I would say skip it. If you really want to sit down for a few minutes, do it, but I wouldn't go out of your way. I'd say do it once if you're a completionist, but I am not a huge fan of just straight up films at parks. It's well done. It's well written. The visuals are quite nice. It is a well-done film. I don't know if it's worth your time. I like Circle take. of Life better. Yeah. I liked the the characters from The Lion King. The environmental fable. Yes. Isn't that what they called it? But it was enjoyable. It was funny. It had characters. This literally has, what's his name? For those that can't see it, Tim is now furrowing his brow at Brian. <laughs> Tim doesn't like <laughs> films anywhere. That's a 10-minute film. That's 10 minutes I could be walking to the UK at the World Showcase. But that's also 10 minutes you can be sitting in air conditioning. So it's, you know, it's that kind of trade-off. Here's the thing. Look, y'all ride Awesome Planet or watch the film or whatever. I'm going to go and live in with Planet again. Here's I'll what, catch y'all in four minutes. And here's what I will say. If you have a fast pass for Soren and just need to kill some time and want to do something. Living with the land is your ride. But that might have a 30 to 40 minute wait. There's no wait for Awesome Planet. It's every 10 minutes. I agree with Brian. It's a space filler. It's not something you plan on your schedule or you plan your day around. Yep. All right. So I think that about wraps it up for the land pavilion. So we're going to continue our way into Future World. And the next stop is Journey into Imagination with Figment. This is a six-minute dark ride through the Imagination Institute where you meet the lovable purple pigment dragon named Figment. He showcases the sense to open your imagination and set it free. Ooh, it sounds amazing. It's not. It's a shame that it's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> so i'm gonna say eh if you have time however for people that have not gone to epcot ever this might be an enjoyable ride for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for little ones my son he loves it rightfully slow so especially the ending where the thing drops and yeah that's the best part and that's the best and you think oh this is going to be great and then the ride ends well that's the ending it's a yeah. finale um I, i'm i'm very conflicted about this because i wrote the original but i am going to say before i get into any of that definitely it, it you write it because figment is the icon for epcot yeah he's the unofficial icon yeah well Sort of official. I mean, they use them they, in all the, the festivals. Festival of the Arts is all. Yeah, they, is the, yeah. and they will they will sell anything with his face on it. And I strongly believe 
this is going to be the next redone attraction at Epcot. I truly hope, but I, I, I'm conflicted. Tony Baxter wants to. Yeah, but he's also retired now. My, my thing is, I, I get kind of iffy whenever they say they want to redo something because it can go horribly wrong. Like They the, can't make this any worse. Well, okay. To put this in perspective, the original ride was amazing with Dreamfinder and Figment and just the amount of animatronics in the scenes and the way the ride vehicles went. And then they redid it. And here's how I will define the redo. Eric Idle, famous for Monty Python, is actually a core component of this ride. He is all over it. He plays the head of the Imagination Institute. He doesn't remember actually doing this ride. So that should put it in perspective as to how people view it. If you've, if you've never been to Epcot, you don't have any of the baggage. It's not a bad ride. But compared to what it used to be, it's a pale comparison. And when half the cast of the ride, the only human in it, doesn't even remember it, it's not a good sign. For me, it's do it if the line isn't more than 20 minutes. Um, sadly, it's inside. It's yeah, air-conditioned. It's, <laughs> it's inside. It's air-conditioned. The queue line does have... Uh, I will say that the queue line is detailed, and it has a lot of Easter eggs and throwbacks to the past attraction. Um, the ride itself, it just... You leave it wanting more. Yes. Yes. For, for me, with a four-year-old, while well, he was three at the time, Coming out of the ride, maybe the ride wasn't his favorite part, but when you actually exit the ride and you go into the quote-unquote Imagination Institute, yes. and they have all the little side games and things like that, mm. he loved that. Um, and it's fun, you know, oh, especially especially for families. It's fun to engage and, mm. and, all, and all that. It, it's not like, oh, my God, this is a great attraction, but it's fun and it's something to do because Epcot – there's 19 attractions. There's not that many yeah. attractions or rides at our. I'm not. I'm not saying it's so. a bad pavilion at all. I'm. I'm saying it from the, the nostalgia of my youth. It used to be better. It's not bad, and I have maybe Brian has given me some hope that it'll be better in the future. But I mean, I, they would be stupid not to. Nostalgia. People would go to Epcot just to ride it if they brought back elements of the original, yeah. even if it was just bringing Dreamfinder back. But or, you know... At the end of the day, I'm still going to say ride it. It's definitely worth a ride. I'll ride it when I go there. Mm. You know, It's not something that I look forward to. It's mm. like, okay, well, we did everything. Right. Oh, there yes, it is. Exactly. Let's go. And it's one of those I have a hard time not remembering what it used to be. Oh, here's where that awesome scene... Oh, yeah, this is... The nostalgia is a bitter pill. Moving on. Moving on. The Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. Bring back Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, people. At least... No. But that is no. tied in with the... Bring back Captain EO. They did briefly. They did. With Michael. They did, and then it went away, and they replaced it. Again. I don't care about Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Bring back The Michael. thing I liked about Honey, I Shrunk the Audience is it made the Imagination Institute theme cohesive yes. between both attractions, yeah. and you understood why you were there. I also like the music they used to play in the, the lobby. I still find myself whistling that tune. 
But otherwise, the Pixar, Pixar Short Film Festival, um, if you have access to YouTube or a Disney Plus account, you can enjoy exactly this theme that's playing in the background right now gets stuck in my head all the time. I know, I'm weird. But back on point, if you have access to YouTube or Disney Plus, you can experience the Pixar Short Film Festival on your couch. There's no real reason to wait in line for this. I mean, it's it's classic Pixar and you sort of get a history because you get to see the things they did before the big films and you get to see the perspective. But these films are available in numerous other places. It's yeah. not worth waiting in line for. It's a big skip for me. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? That's not in the film. But you've been nearby. You've been struck by. I'm hungry. A smooth criminal. Brian's moving on. I'm hungry. You're hungry? You're always hungry. All right, let's go and get you something to eat. So... Where do we want to go? Well, currently, Future World has two sit-down restaurants. I know they're going to open that cool space thing. Sometime. At some time, eventually. (laughs) If they get the screens to work and not vibrate to death. From test track vehicles. Um, So there's two sit-down restaurants. The Coral Reef Restaurant, which is at the Seas Pavilion. The cool thing about this restaurant, and Tim loves it, is you have the whole one wall of the restaurant is the... Aquarium. So you have awesome views of the Living Coral Reef, and it features big shocker seafood specialties. If you don't like the sea, and rather your food from the land, they have the Garden Grill Restaurant located inside the Land Pavilion. It features family-style dining with Chip and Dale and friends, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The cool thing about this restaurant is that it slowly spins. So in the course of your 45-minute meal, you should get to go a full, complete circle, seeing, I think, three of the four scenes from the Living with the Land boat ride. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is you actually get views of some of the scenes that you can't actually see from the ride. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually see into the windows of the farmhouse, which are fully furnished. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Imagineers don't leave details out. I've never eaten it there. I've always wanted to. I love it. Because it's like it's like Thanksgiving. But we're gonna talk about yes. our favorites. So so good. So if you don't want to sit down, you just want to grab a quick bite to eat, there are seven quick service locations located in Future World at Epcot. So we have the Cool Wash, which is near Text Test Track. Um, create your own slushy and other beverages. What are other beverages? They basically sell Coke products, too. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, Joffrey's Coffee and Tea Company. It's near Mission Space. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the place for donuts, muffins, coffee, cookies, teas, and other beverages, including specialty cocktails. And as the coffee guy, their espresso is amazing. I recommend it. The Land Cart, located by the land, is a popular cart out Side of the land pavilion. <laughs> That's what you said. That's what I just said. Um, serving fruits and cheese plates. They got charcuterie boards. Yep. Hummus, vegetable plates, and assorted beverages. Yes. Ooh, the landscape. No, the next one, <laughs> the next one is somewhere I didn't know existed, and now I want it. 
So it's called the Sunshine Griddle. I did not know this place existed. Um, I don't care about the avocado toast or the shrimp and grits or the corned beef brisket hash, although that sounds good. But they have fried cinnamon roll bites, fruit, la fruit loop shakes, which I don't know, that sounds intriguing And to my me. personal favorite... A bottled water. Four dollars. <laughs> Honestly, though, those last two that you mentioned seem like something that a stoner would come up with, and I'm not complaining. That was kind of, yeah. But that's the but, fried cinnamon roll bites and a Fruit Loop shake. But what are what are they rolling that they're fried? What would it be? We need to look at this because we have deep fryers, and we need to try <laughs> and make, make these at home. Because <laughs> I just made cinnamon rolls two days ago, but anyway. Cinnamon rolls. Ooh, I just got an idea. Cinnamon rolls rolled in crunched, crushed cinnamon toast crunch and then deep fried. All right. Coated in pancake batter. Yep. That's just it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suck them in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. So. Okay. So, Sunshine Seasons <laughs> inside the Lamp Pavilion. It's a large food court that serves snacks, soups, salads, flatbreads, burgers, desserts, baked goods, and breakfast. Uh, the menu recently changed because of closure of the electric umbrella. Yeah, that's the only reason why burgers are there. Normally, there's like a stir fry. Normally, everything in this, this is actually one of my favorite, out of any mm -hmm. Disney park, this is one of my favorite quick service locations um, because of how many different things they have. Um, they, It's usually stuff actually grown from the land pavilion that's served there. True. Um. Taste track, not to be confused with test track. Um, menu is changed often, but you can typically find croissant donuts. Oh, beverage. that's where they have those, the croissant donuts. I've heard about those. I believe they're referred to as cronuts. Cronuts, yes, that's it. But you can buy beverages. Not the Beverly, but beverages. Mm -hmm. Um Sometimes burgers, fries, sometimes salads. It just all depends because the menu does change. Um, and then finally, the Traveler's Cafe. Which is a glorified Starbucks. So it is. It's a Starbucks on the new expanded path between Imagination and the World Showcase bypath. I, I think Brian has issues with outside companies running concessions inside I don't like of Disney. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yep. All right. Well, we rode. We ate. Well, let's sit back and be entertained by some clowns. Well, not exactly clowns. The Jamators, which is a garbage can percussion show. Normally, there's other entertainment in Future World um, based on what festival was going on at the time. Um, I like, and I don't know how often, but the last couple times I was there, they actually had Muppet Labs with Beaker... And Bunsen Honeydew that would come out, living characters. It was awesome. The, the lifting character initiative is kind of interesting. They, they Are they big? Mm -hmm. Like life-size? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god, no. No, no, no. no, no that's no, like, no. Not, not human-size, but what they would be They're like Muppet puppet-size. Size. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like two, three feet. Yeah, yeah like Beaker. But They're like, not like six-foot-tall Beakers. They're usually out. riding like the mobile lab vehicle that yeah. moves around and they're sitting Disney in Disney developed the... That would be the, scary to see like no. a six foot tall <laughs> the side, side note, if, you, if you've never seen... <laughs> if you yeah. Oh my god, I saw Brian's next dog. <laughs> I, I will tell you, the walk-around walk Muppets that used to be in uh, MGM 
are scary. They're they're not very good. But the the living character initiative was interesting. They were autonomous animatronics that were still controlled by a cast member, but they were on the periphery of a group, so they still look like the animatronics were living. They also developed a walk-around dinosaur. They don't use them as much, but every once in a while the, the Muppet Lab will show up. They tend to move it around from park to park. For a while it was in California. I think it was in Tokyo for a while. Yeah. I think um, but to me, Muppet Labs kind of belongs in Epcot. And, we, and people stop. It's one of those things where it grabs your attention when you see it and you do stop and watch it because it's interactive, it's live, it's very much like Turtle Talk where they can talk to you, you can talk yeah. back. Yeah. You know, I love it. I was very happy to see it. But in terms of um, Jamators, eh, it's a hard skip for me. Yeah, no. And sadly, there's not much entertainment like that there. With the removal of the fountain, there's no more fountain show. Going back in time, there's no Astuter computer review anymore. There's not many straight up like shows that you would get. No. And say like a Bush Gardens kind of setting show. There it's just not something done at Epcot much. True. Well, that was a fun full day, but we only went halfway through the park. True. True. So I think with that. We're actually going to split this episode into two episodes, and this one we've experienced Future World. I think the next episode we're going to experience the World Showcase, and then finally wrap it up with all of our favorites from Epcot. So make sure that you listen to the next episode, 13B, and um, we'll see you next time. (laughs) One thing I will say, be on the alert. At some point in the future, a new attraction is opening in Future World. The Guardians of the Galaxy... What is it called? Guardians of the Galaxy... Colossal Spin Crushing Coaster from Chaos. Everyone's just going to call it the Guardians Roller Coaster. Guardians of the Massive Target. um. (laughs) Well, whatever it's going to be called, it's going where um, the Universe of Energy used to be. Don't get me started. Uh, We could have a whole podcast episode just about this, but I just did want to let people know that a new attraction is coming soon to Future World. Eventually. Eventually. It's a launched spinning indoor roller coaster in the building that is just as tall as Spaceship Earth and tries to blend in with the Florida sky. But that's another story. Never mind anyway. And with that bitterness, I think it's time to wrap up the show. Yes. So we'll see you the next episode. Make sure you listen and keep it locked for World Showcase at Epcot.